This is the Pretty Deadly Self-Defense Podcast. I'm Susie Collick, the founder of Pretty Deadly Self-Defense. And I'm Kate Lismer, a writer, traveler, mother, and expat. As a woman who lives in a big city and likes to travel, I'm very curious about self-defense. I've never had any training, so I have a lot of questions. And I have a lot of answers. We figured you probably have similar questions too. And so we thought it'd be a great idea to share this conversation and put it in a podcast. So welcome to the Pretty Deadly Self-Defense Podcast. Okay, so I think in my sort of inexperienced understanding of of self-defense, there are these uh, targets or pressure points, like the throat, the eyes, um, and... You know, I think when you hear when you hear about uh, learning about self defense, like the idea is to kind of learn these pressure points and then figure out how you're going to hit someone in the right spot to get away. Mm-hmm. Um, what is like? Are there pressure points that someone who's new to self defense should learn? And what is your experience, or t- you know, what is your take on pressure learning points. them? Yeah, um, pressure points. Uh, pressure points exist. So if you've ever had acupuncture which is similar to acupressure, those are pressure points. Acupressure um, as a healing art and pressure points as a destructive art are basically two sides of the same coin. So, for example, I'm just going to give you a quick example before I go on. If you've ever had motion sickness and worn those bands with the buttons on them that you put on the inside of your wrist, um, that's a pressure point, right? That, That helps you not feel nauseous. If you strike that point, please, anybody listening to this, don't do that. Um, If you strike that point with force, that also produces nausea. That's not how you say that word. That also produces nausea. (laughs) Nausea. (laughs) That island off of Montauk. (laughs) Um, So pressure points are real things. They exist. However... Using them in self-defense is a little difficult, I would say. There's a challenge. And the challenge is that in a self-defense situation, there's a lot of movement. It's very unlikely. Not I, I will never say that nothing can ever happen because what do I know? But it's unlikely that you're going to be standing static and someone will be standing static in front of you and then just start poking you as a form of attack. So there's a lot of movement, right? You're being pushed up against a wall. You're being thrown down to the ground. And I'm sorry to say these potentially triggering things, but these are some of the things that happen. When moving targets are really hard to hit, you need an enormous amount of training to do that. I mean, there are people who are elite marksmen who do that. Right? And that's all they do. It's really hard to do that in a self-defense situation. And granted, there's elite martial artists who also do that with certain martial arts, where points are hitting certain points on the body are also points in tournaments or competition. Targets like eyes, like the throat, like the groin are also, they're actually not very big. So trying to control your body to hit those actual targets, again, requires an enormous amount of training. It can be done. But that means something a little closer to martial arts training than it does self-defense training. So my feeling is always simply move. Commit to a movement and learn some powerful movements with your body to create space. Don't worry about where they land. Don't worry about hitting a specific target. Don't worry about the effect on the other person because that's not what self-defense is. Self-defense is about making space so you can get away. 
right? It's not dignity and and honor in fighting doesn't apply in self-defense. If the idea of a pressure point is to, um, yes, impact someone with maximum force to debilitate them somehow, is there another way of... Like, because you said it's not about the target and it's not about the result, but what is the alternative then as far as a focus? What should someone focus on? Balance points, which is a little bit different, obviously. When we think of pressure points, we think of like kind of smaller points on the body. Balance points, which are big points on the body and are much easier to manipulate and are to a are to the advantage of the person who might be smaller and less trained. Because you don't need a lot of training to understand where the balance points are and how they work. So the balance points of the body, the body has nine main balance points. The shoulders, if you, if you shove someone on their shoulder, they'll probably stumble a little bit. The hips, so one, two, going right and left. One, two, three, four are the hips. Again, pushing to the side rather than forward or back is more likely to take someone's balance. The knees are balance points, either pushing against the knee or pushing into the back of the knee to fold the knee. So that's one, two, three, four, five, six. Seven, eight are ankles, which I'll talk about, I think, a little more in a later podcast, um, in a later episode. Um, Ankles are smaller points, and they can be a little bit harder to manipulate, but they're still balance points because they're part of the joints that hold us up. And the last main point is the head. Wherever the head goes, the body must follow. And the head comes equipped with these great little handles called ears that you can grab onto and steer in whatever direction you want to steer it into. The general idea is if somebody is already going in one direction, then help them along in the same direction. We don't want to reverse their direction because that puts them back into balance. So balance points. We also have elbows. That can be additional points. So just like the knees, you can go into the elbow or go against the elbow to help lock up the shoulder or take somebody off balance, especially in a choke situation. Going after elbows is a great thing. Right. Oh, that's really interesting. I I wouldn't have thought of that. Um, And so just for someone who's listening, if you're thinking about these, these balance points throughout the body, which you just described, the idea is to throw someone off balance by either pushing, shoving, kicking, getting access somehow to these points so that you can Mm -hmm. throw someone off. And again, it's not necessarily about hurting them. It's just about creating that space to get them off you or away from you. Exactly. Right. So, and it's easy enough. I mean, if they're standing in front of you or they're standing behind you or to the side, they're always going to have at least three balance points exposed. And as long as you've got something free you know, one arm, one leg, one foot, your head, whatever it is, um, as long as you've got something for you, you can access those balance points. So part of what we do in our training is figuring out what part of my body is, is closest to a balance point right now. What's the most efficient thing for me to do at the moment? Does that make sense? Yes, it does. I'm picturing. I mean, again, I'm asking these questions as someone who's never been through a self-defense class, but I can picture this right, like depending on how someone comes at you, if you can reach their shoulder, like you said, and, and, and push them backwards or to the side, and then also pushing their hips, grabbing the ears and, and twisting the head or kind of maneuvering 
by kicking the legs. Right. I would say rather than twisting the head, just sort of steering the head in another direction. So imagine that um, there's a choke or someone has you pinned by the shoulders up against the wall. The two balance points that are most exposed right there are the elbows. Even if their arms are locked, what happens when someone's in this position, the attacker, is they've taken a step forward. So their weight is on their forward leg, and the other two points of their weight are on their hands, whether in a choke or in a pin. That's not good balance because they need you and they need that wall behind you to continue to hold themselves up. So take out the knee. You have your legs free. You can kick at the knee that's closest to you to the side so that it bends away. That takes their balance. Or you can come over the arms, outside and over the arms, and sort of karate chop into the elbows, right, will also help take their balance on their arms. That will kind of pull them in towards you a little bit, but that's okay because you have your knee right there, you have an elbow right there to help, or you can just grab their head and steer them to the ground. That was my other question was, if you were going to use this uh, steering technique with the head, is that what the best... You don't have to use the ears. I, I just use ears when I'm demonstrating because it's funny. But <laughs> I don't think I've ever actually grabbed anyone by the ear. Well, maybe now that I think of it. But the, the hair, nose. Hair, well, <laughs> not the nose so much. Like, got your nose. I think I've seen you that in a movie, really, though. You know, yeah. the two finger. Okay. Nose yeah, that's in the movies that's not really (laughs) realistic i've seen that in the three stooges too but not really you can grab just at the sides of the head okay right and and simply just steer it towards the ground usually at a 45 degree angle down right that's really great advice i think um again someone who's never been like seen these moves i think Mm -hmm. uh trying to avoid these smaller target points gives you a lot more options as far as um how to create space for yourself and and really get out of a situation instead of feeling like okay how am I gonna get access to his eyes right now if you're armed if you're being pinned exactly I think if all you're learning is about these you know small targets or or pressure points as you're calling them of course you're gonna freeze and panic you know like oh my god how am I gonna get those things oh my god what am I supposed to do now I can't remember and and oh my god the what's available to me is I'm supposed to shove my thumbs into their eyeballs but you know ew that's really hard to do. That is really, really hard to do. Right. Um, and granted, if in a life or death situation, you will do things you've never dreamed of doing, but it's still really hard to get over your own aversion to hurting someone that badly. And that's, you know, again, that's a, that's a specific kind of training. That's the kind of training that soldiers have. It's the kind of training that doctors have so that they can perform surgery on you. Right. You know, it's a, it's a, they they get trained away from empathy and I'm not saying you should or shouldn't have empathy. I'm just saying in that moment, these aren't things you really are even going to be able to think about. And if that's what you think you have to do, of course, you're going to feel like self-defense doesn't work. Of course, you're going to feel like I'm never going to learn how to do this stuff. And especially if you're somebody with bad aim, you know, like I have terrible aim, you know, so Of course, I'd be like, well, I, you know, if I have to go for the eyes, I'll probably totally miss. Right. You know, get something else. It doesn't matter. Right. So, well, and it's just, it's great to know there's so many other options. Yeah, Yeah. there's always options. 
Pretty Deadly Self-Defense is a self-defense program created by a 20-year martial arts veteran and violent crime survivor, Susie Collin, based in Berlin, Germany. You can learn more about Susie and the Pretty Deadly Self-Defense program at prettydeadlyselfdefense.com.